Welcome back, everybody. It's time for Encounter with God. We're going to be studying the Bible together. Join a movement of 20 million other people around the world, all studying the same chapter of the Bible together this morning. And we are in the book of Acts. But before we get to the book of Acts, we have another clue for the quiz because nobody has snapped it up yet. Yes, Even though we did give you a lot of clues and tell you that God is metric. Yes. He, he, he uses the metrics, <laughs> not, not the imperial system. He's not Babylonian. Okay. If it was Babylonian, it would have been 12 degrees, but mm-hmm. it's not 12. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just stop talking because you're going to give it away. What number <laughs> am I? If you know what number this is, give us a call on our number, which is 1-800-FAITH-FM. Next clue. The number of tribes of Israel that made up the northern kingdom. Come on, this is so easy. <laughs> this is so easy. Give us a call. We will send you the prize if you can tell us the correct answer. Yeah, so easy. Such an easy one. Hey, Lyle, you like yeah. the progress I'm making on this scarf? Oh, we need to have this live streamed. Yeah, I'll give you my phone. So I finished making the body of this beautiful blue scarf and I am <coughs> now officially working on the tassels on the end. And uh, the tassels, yeah, it's a little bit fiddly, fiddly kind of a job. And uh, just trying to make them all one length and tie them all off nicely and that kind of a thing. And uh, when that's done, I have to then weave in all the ends, uh, all the loose ends, because, you know, I did take more than one ball of wool to make. And when there's a join, there's like little loose thread ends. And, of course, also the ends where the um, where the tassel have been tied. You can see here there's little loosey, scraggly bits. So I need to get some thread and a needle and I need to weave all those little endy, straggly bits back into the scarf. And then I just need to attach a um, a label, a care label, you know, the composition. And I'm going to make a personalized care label, actually. So um, it's going to be have the, the name of the person who wins it on there. And then, Lyle, mm. it'll be finished. <laughs> so I'm very excited. Uh, what, do you think, what do you think of these tassels? There you go. I think they're great. Yeah, isn't it good? Yep, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, in, I'm liking it. Yep. Tell us what you think about it. Have a look at our live stream. We are live streaming now on uh, YouTube. Actually, we should get your phone and live stream this on Facebook and then live stream both on Instagram and on Facebook. Ah, dear. Well, see, the problem is that I can't multitask. You can lean it up so against So what I'm trying to do right now okay, how about is I am going on Facebook and talking on the radio at the same time. The I'll f- talk. You do the multitask. You do the, the Facebook thing. It's so funny. Do you know every time Lyle like gets distracted by something on the show, I don't know if the listeners can pick it up, but I can pick I it up. just go to, um, uh, Yeah, yeah, because uh, you, <laughs> your responses get slower. You get like, and you lose what you say. And, uh, and um, is this done now? No. Well, I don't know how to live stream. I don't know how to live stream on Facebook. I don't know how to live stream on Facebook in here either. I'm, I don't, I've never had Facebook. Hey, producer Shell, do you know how to live stream? No. <laughs> can you live stream on Facebook? I'm pretty sure you can live stream on Facebook. Can someone please text us? Oh, no. us this is embarrassing. Whether or not it's even possible and if so, how to do it. Oh, hang on. Mon. It says open camera. Yeah. Mon. Yeah. You're a millennial. Look, I know. This, this is disgusting. I have an excuse. I'm, a, I'm a, an ex-gen. You know, I, I, I predate the digital era. I'm like 46 I'm, years old. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a millennial. I'm a zennial, by the way. 45 years old. Something like that. I, I, I lose you track. You even know how old 45. you are. I'm a, I'm a, well, I'm a zennial. So, it's, it's, I'm a little bit like... Zennial is someone who had an um, analog <laughs> primary school experience and a... Digital high school experience. So yeah. basically, the last the last 
half of my primary school, uh, the year twelve, uh, year seven, when I was twelve years old, uh, they introduced computer as a topic, as a subject. I went through high school and the two years of college that I did without touching a computer. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Never did research on a computer. Never touched one. Never even used a typewriter because I couldn't type. All of my essays and assignments were all handwritten. Well, you'll be pleased to know I just figured it out, Lyle. Turns out I had to enable your um, uh, your what do you call it? Your yeah, your so camera he's, he's, on your he, he, Facebook. This is, this is Mon struggling to multitask now. <coughs> okay, so is that? I oh. figured it out. So just press start, and I think you start, and then I've put my little pencil case here for you to lean it up against. Yeah, because I don't have a fancy case like yours that acts like a tripod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's super not the purpose of my pencil case, but yeah, go ahead. Use it as a tripod. So, is it, is it, is it on? Okay, nobody breathe. Else my phone's going <gasps> to fall over. <laughs> we're all good? Yeah, we're all good. We're all good. Hey, check out this Scar Facebook live streamers, isn't it? And a Instagram, of, of course. It's, uh, it's, really, it's actually quite long. How long do you reckon this is? I don't know. It's um, one and a half meters. It's, be- it's beautiful, isn't it? It is. I love it's it. It's, and the it colors. It's truly oh, sensational. You just have to go online and you just have to check out the colors. The colors are just phenomenal. It's just, it looks like the ocean. You know how the ocean is different hues of blue as it goes through different levels of depth? This scarf is like that. There's like different hues as it as it's just deeper and then lighter and it's just it's just gorgeous. I seriously don't want to give it away. Okay, so we need to get on with our Bible we study. Do. Our Bible study is slipping away while you are raving on about your scarf, um, which is which is truly amazing. Which we but, are going to um, give away. We need to. We, what I want to watch is you multitask um, while while we do a Bible study because it just does my mind in every, every time I see it. Well, anyway, go ahead. So we're going to start in Acts chapter nine. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start in verse 3 And we're going to read about the Damascus Road Ah, the Damascus is a famous very, very road Absolutely, famous story, famous road We're going to talk Would about you what say this is the most famous road in the Bible? I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to think of a more famous one yeah, I mean, Yellow Brick it's not, Road is not, not, not coming to me Yeah, I think this is it, Damascus Road Yeah, I think, I think you're right uh, producers like, yeah, maybe. Because people say you have a Damascus Road experience and that <coughs> refers to this. And I can't think of any other road where they actually made it into like a Want to go village. to the Damascus Road one day? Yes. Syria, calm down. Come on, get over yeah. it. <laughs> we want to hit up those we roads. Want, we want to go there. We want to see this stuff. We want to see the streets you got. <coughs> we'll bring some tourism there. It's way, way, way better for um, the economy than, the war. economy than, uh, than, than warfare is. Okay, yeah. so Acts chapter 9. Yes. What am I reading? <coughs> Um. Well, I have a have a comment coming through. Actually, I have a comment coming through. Oh, road oh, to Emmaus. Road. Oh, road to Emmaus. Mm, a good. It's a good contender. It's a yeah, good that's contender. true. It's true. Damascus Emmaus. Who's yep. more famous? Yep, good contender right there. Okay, so um, why don't you start for us in verse three? Verse three of Acts chapter nine Acts says, nine, verse three. "As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, <coughs> a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him." Who's him, by the way? Just in this. Uh, uh, Paul. Okay, good. Or Paul. at this stage, called Saul. Saul. Okay. Yeah. One's one's the Greek version of his name. One's the Hebrew version. Okay. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, "Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me?" Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless for they heard the sound of someone's voice but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground and but when he opened his eyes, 
He was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Okay, let's stop there. Mm. This is the Damascus Road experience. This yes. is the uh, the whole story of what actually takes place here. And our our uh, our live feeds are lighting up right now. We've got uh, messages coming through and people like, uh, oh, I want your beautiful scarf so much. You can have it. Just stay tuned. Sometime this week we'll be giving away this scarf live on air. All right, so... Let's um let's let's think about this for a moment. What what okay? So what does it what actually happens here? Let, let's 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 break this down. So mm-hmm. um, Paul and his companions are traveling on the Damascus Road, and what actually takes place? So he has an encounter with Jesus. Is this an encounter with Jesus, or is it a vision of Jesus? Isn't that the same thing? No, a vision is like a dream. Okay, okay. So in a vision. You might see something, but you're not necessarily actually there because in a vision you can see something that happens in the future, for instance. Mm-hmm. You're not actually transported through time. So he actually meets Jesus then. Okay, so he actually he's meets not dreaming. Jesus. All right, how do you know that he actually meets Jesus and he's not dreaming? Um, well, he says, Jesus says, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. <clears throat> okay, so let's go over to, um, uh, yeah, but that could have been a vision. Okay. It could have been Jesus up in heaven just projecting a vision down into Paul's mind. Is it because he ends up being blind? All right. How, how do we know that this didn't all happen just in his mind? Oh, oh wait, wait. Yes. I think I know the answer. Uh-huh. It's because there are witnesses. All right. There's a bunch of witnesses here, isn't there? Yes. And yes. they were speechless. For they Absolutely. heard the voice of someone. Yeah. They heard someone's voice but saw no one. Yep. Wait, wait, wait. So they didn't see anything. They heard it. They heard it but okay. they didn't see okay. it. Okay. But they see a bright light, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but Saul is actually, or Paul is actually the one who both sees and hears. He understands exactly what it is that is going on. He talks to Jesus Christ himself. Wow. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so let's go over to First uh, Corinthians very quickly. Mon, if you could go there for us to First Corinthians chapter 9. And we'll look at this in a little bit more detail. Find out for sure, was this an actual appearance? Did Jesus actually travel all the way from heaven to earth and turn up on the Damascus Road? Or was it just a vision that was projected down uh, from heaven and uh, wasn't actually a real experience? So, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1, please, Mon. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Does anyone else automatically go to Chronicles when someone says Corinthians and go to Corinthians when someone says Chronicles? <laughs> <coughs> Did you go to Chronicles? I always turn. I start turning them like, oh, no, other way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, crazy. 9 verse 1. Am I not as free as anyone else? Am I not an apostle? Apostle. <laughs> I said it again. <laughs> There's that word again, apostle. He was an apostle before he became an apostle. We are uh, all apostles. We are all apostles. Because okay. it's possible for us to be apostles. Am I not as free as anyone else? Am I not an apostle? Okay. <laughs> Can't even can't say even. <laughs> Haven't I seen Jesus our Lord with my own eyes? Isn't it because of my work that you belong to the Lord? Okay, so he he here is giving him he is giving a defense of his apostleship and placing his apostleship amongst the other apostles who had seen Jesus. Yeah. Uh, you know, and of course this was part of the qualifications back then to be an apostle was to be somebody who had actually lived and spent time and had physically seen Jesus himself and he's like, hey. I have too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on the Damascus Road. Yeah, we had a rather short conversation, but it still happens. But it counts. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So let's go to uh, chapter fifteen now, and here Paul is speaking about 
<clears throat> and this one's an even clearer passage because um, let's start in verse 3 down through verse 8. I pass on to you what was most important and what had been also passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Though he was seen by James and later by all the apostles, Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. Okay, so here he relates his experience with Jesus as being equivalent to the disciples' experience with Jesus when they were, for instance, um, on the Lake of Galilee Mm -hmm. or standing on top of the um, Mount of Olives. Mm -hmm. This was a real physical experience. This was not a vision. This was not some you know um, hologram that was projected or anything like that. This was actually the physical presence of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus has left the courts of heaven. Mm-hmm. He has come down to this earth, and he has literally physically appeared to Paul right there on the Damascus Road. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he did this to Paul and not to uh, sort of, I guess, everybody else? Wouldn't everybody believe him if... Uh, <coughs> If uh, you know he, they had a vision. Yeah, I don't know of Jesus or an experience know. of Jesus. I'm not. I, yeah, I'm not sure. Hmm. Why? Why wouldn't he appear to everyone? Yeah, so it's a really good question um, because you know you get uh, um, you know a lot of people. How? Uh, by the way, somebody's asking whether they can bribe you with pies. For the scarf. Yes, yep. <laughs> <laughs> that will work. <laughs> Call me later <laughs> when I'm off air. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> um, Why didn't Jesus appear to everyone? Like, You know, I think that Jesus appeared to Paul for two reasons. Number one, he knew that it would take something r- incredibly radical to win this guy. Uh-huh. And he also knew that he would respond. Uh-huh. So Jesus appeared to many people. He showed his power to many people. But many of them did not respond. Okay. You know, for instance, some of the healings that Jesus did were very, very clear demonstrations of the power of Jesus. You don't need a more powerful demonstration than that. And yet the people did not respond. They did not give their lives to him. It's incredible to think that Jesus can pull out all the stops and do everything that he can do, even hang himself on a cross and people will still ignore him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, and of course, in this situation, he knew that he knew that. Paul was reachable, but he knew it would take something extreme. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the moral from this story for you, as you're listening today, is that God is reaching out to you. He reaches out to every single one of us. Mm -hmm. Don't make him do something extreme. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because he did something extreme to Nebuchadnezzar as well, and it wasn't so good for Nebuchadnezzar. Mm. And if you come to God and say, hey, I'm not going to follow you unless you do something extreme, it's got um, your scarf has two tails. I think you do like tassels all the way across the end. No, I don't You're have enough. you tiles on it. No. Okay. And I also I don't want to be too girly and I think four tassels is enough. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Um, but the, of course, actually, join, us, join us on uh, Instagram or Facebook for the live stream if you want to see what's actually taking place right here in the studio right now live. And you can see this scarf coming together. It's um, um, getting lots of thumbs up. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, it's actually, oh, it's really warm and snug. This is one cozy scarf. Uh, but do you know the story of, of Nebuchadnezzar is can actually... I, can I wear it tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to wear it right now? No. Okay. Not. Because okay. then oh, we can't give away a used scarf, can we? <laughs> you can try it on tomorrow. 
It's almost <laughs> finished, folks. Okay. So, but the story of Nebuchadnezzar is actually incredible. What the Lord had to do to him. To, oh yeah. To get to get his attention and to you know humble him. But um, but he appeared. I guess he appeared to Saul because w- w- did he appear to Saul because he knew it was going to work? He knew it was going to work because it changed. It uh-huh. changed, it changed Saul's direction absolutely. and his life. Life changing. Just absolutely cataclysmically. Yeah. Okay, so there's another there's another lesson we can learn from this. Let's go to Acts chapter 22 now. Acts 22. And we're going to look at... Uh, what are we going to look at? Acts 22 and we'll go to verse 14. 22 and verse 14 says... Oh, by the way, I should say, just for our uh, listeners, if you are listening to the delayed broadcast... And you hear us talking about our live stream and you jump over to the live stream and there's nothing there. That's because you are listening to the delayed broadcast and unfortunately you need to... Um, get yeah, with the live show. Get with the live show. Yep. Faithfm.com.au or via the tune in app, simply press play. And of course, by doing it that way, you have perfect signal everywhere you have a data connection, which is pretty much all of Australia, all of the world. Um, and it's by far the best way to listen to the radio, and that's how everybody's doing it these days. And so. you should get there quick because uh, <coughs> we might be giving away the scarf on the day that you tune in live. Yes, mm. absolutely. So if you are in an area that gets the delayed broadcast, make sure if it's not Tuesday the 31st of July, you need to be listening from now on on uh, faithfm.com.au or via the TuneIn app else you're going to miss out on the most amazing prize we have ever given away on Faith FM. A homemade scarf that was made on air entirely (coughs) uh, on Faith FM. As a demonstration of multitasking. Multitasking. Okay. Okay, verse 14. Yes. Then he told me, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and hear him speak. Okay, so what does it mean that we have he, he was chosen? Does that mean that, you know, God was up in heaven, you know, mm-hmm. he looks down and says, okay, I'm going to choose Saul or Paul. I'm going to choose him. Uh, it's going to take a lot to turn him around. So, yeah, I will, I'll do this for him. I'm not going to do it for anyone else because, you know, all those other people, you know, say, for instance, Rich Dawkins or someone like that, I haven't chosen them. So I'm not going to do it for them. No, I don't. No, that doesn't sound. Doesn't sound like the character of God, yeah, does it? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Because sound- if you think about this, if that is true, if that is actually the case, that God chose Saul or Paul mm-hmm. and he did not choose, say, Dawkins, mm-hmm. um, then what it means is that he has created Paul or Saul so that he can spend eternity with him. Yeah. And he has created uh, somebody, maybe Dawkins, or maybe we should just use another Bible character. Who's a Bible character who is lost? Herod. Yeah. Maybe he chose Herod so that he could burn him. Because it would... He creates Paul to spend eternity with him and he creates Herod to burn him. It means that the ability to be saved is solely reliant, including the choice part, on God. Yeah, we don't have any yeah. choice in the matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and this is what's yeah. called predestination. The doctrine yeah. of predestination is taught by um, you know some versions of Christianity. It's a horrific doctrine, to be honest, because <coughs> why would it, God create people to be lost? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Why would God create people for the sole purpose of burning, condemning them and burning them? We need to, we need to remember that God has done everything possible to save you. Yeah, if there's another, if there's another angle on this predestination thing that I'm missing, please give me a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Love to discuss it with you on air during our next section. Um, or you can text it through on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, and we'll make it question of the day. 
I've often heard the concept of predestination, and every time I hear it, it just t- tells me about a God who is just a horrific individual. Mm. You know, somebody who I certainly do not want to serve yeah. under any circumstances whatsoever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. circumstances whatsoever at all. Anyway, we're going to listen to Monica Ford um, with the song. This is a good one. Stand up for Paul. Stand up, Paul. Welcome back, guys. Uh, this is Encounter with God, and we are in the book of Acts and digging into it right here, and we've been talking about the concept of predestination. Let's go over to the book of Romans. Let's read what the Bible actually talks, what the Bible actually says about predestination in the book of Romans. And uh, let's go to uh, Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to read... I'll start in verse 28. The Bible says, For we know that all things that work together for good to those that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate 
to be conformed to the image of his son. Uh, pre- it just said predestinate. Wow. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm. It's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This this is predestination is in the Bible. Okay. So pre, which means before. By the way, the word pre is the most abused prefix in the English language. Okay. Have you have you ever have you ever been to the doctor and they ask you whether you've got any pre existing um illnesses? Yeah. How do you have something that is pre existing? It exists before it exists. Ah. <laughs> it's like, what on earth is that? <laughs> what on earth is that about? <laughs> yes, I have this disease. It existed within me before. It existed with me. I think, yeah, I guess, I guess what <laughs> Shell, and I, Shell and I were discussing this on the way to work this morning, and I think it's just hilarious. You know, you would think that doctors would be more educated than. You that. think, I guess the question I ask is do you have any existing. Yeah, that's illnesses? right. Currently yeah. existing, yeah, yeah. not pre existing. <laughs> Nothing. There's no such thing as pre existing. Oh, maybe that means. Pre existing is not even a, a word that has any meaning because Ma- it can't exist before it exists. Maybe it's as if pre existing your disease that you've come in for. Okay, but if it said that, that <laughs> yeah. would make sense. But it never that, does. You know they, it never says they, that. They don't ask the rest of the question. You know, right? does, you, go, you, know you, you, you hire a car. Has it got any pre-existing damage on it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 True. Okay, but pre means before. Uh-huh. Destination. Des- destined. Destiny. Uh-huh. So your destiny has been outlined before um, you receive it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> let me read it. Whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate. All right, what are they predestined for? To be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Okay, so the Bible says that we are predestined to be conformed to his son. So our destiny is set. Mm-hmm. Can't change it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you can. You're going to argue with the Bible? I just read you plain, plain verse from Scripture. Well, you've got some explaining to do, Lyle. There's a very simple. There's a very simple answer for this, Mon, and it's just staring at you, it's yeah. staring at you from the page right there in the verse. That's let the, me ask you another. That's let me the ask destiny another question. that God has designed for us, but we still have the choice. We want, we want to choose that. Okay, <clears throat> it's it's right here in the verse. For whom He did foreknow. Let me ask you this question: How many people did God know before they were born? Everyone. The Bible says, for whom he did foreknow, in other words, everyone, mm-hmm. he also predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So how many people are predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ? All of us. And is or are all of us formed into the image of Christ? Yes. No. We're all, we're all in the, made in the image of Christ. Yes, physically, but not. that's not what it's talking about here. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the image of his son that he might be um, the firstborn among many brethren. Mm-hmm. Are we all the brethren of Christ? Have we all been adopted into the family of God? No, because we choose that. That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So God's predestin- yes, predestination exists. Mm-hmm. Everybody is predestined to be Christ-like. Not everybody is Christ-like. That's true. And that's because... We have the decision on to, to make whether or not to accept our destiny as God has laid it out for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So God has laid out our destiny for us. This is your destiny. Mm-hmm. This is the future. I have. It's like if somebody comes to you with a scholarship. This is your destiny. This is what I've got for you. Yeah. And uh, as a result of that, the uh, the scholarship, 
they um, <coughs> uh, they uh, you know they have you, you, you've 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 got your future mapped out for you. Mm-hmm. You have a choice whether you accept it or not, don't you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So predestination is like a scholarship. You can choose it or you can reject it. Or a sponsorship, you know. My son got sponsored uh, by South Queensland. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, we're going to sponsor you through the last year of your college. And then you're going to come and work in our conference. Mm -hmm. um, And pastor one of our churches in South Queensland. Mm -hmm. It's predestination. He doesn't have to say yes to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. He still has a choice. Okay, let's go back to to Acts. And there's something I want to highlight in the uh, passage that we're reading. Acts chapter 9. That helps us understand another portion of the Bible, uh, Acts chapter 9 and um, where are we? Verse 4. Read that one for us, please. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Was Saul persecuting Jesus? Saul go to heaven and start, you know, like trying to wrestle him down and put handcuffs on him in No, heaven. but when you hurt someone's children, you hurt them. And if they're God's uh, children and you're hurting them, you're hurting God. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, this explains to us a number of passages in Scripture. In fact, if you go over to the book of Revelation, you know Revelation is like my favorite part of the Bible. And you go to passages like um, verse chapter 19, verse 19. Revelation 19 and verse 19. <coughs> then I heard, then I saw the beast and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. Okay, how do you fight against Jesus Christ? The beast and the kings of the earth, how do they fight against Jesus? You know, are they trying to fire um, nuclear missiles into heaven right here? No. <laughs> no. How do you fight against Jesus? I guess you fight against the things he cares about. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Paul is doing. Paul is fighting against Jesus. The beast and the kings of the earth are fighting against Jesus. Paul is fighting against Jesus by persecuting the followers of Jesus. And here in Revelation 19, the beast and the kings of the earth are fighting against Jesus by fighting against the followers of Jesus. Oh, okay. So that's what we're look out for in the end time. Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. So it explains a number of passages in the book of Revelation where you have earthly powers fighting against heavenly powers how do they do that they do that by fighting against god's people here on this earth and that passage from acts illustrates it right there okay verse five who are you lord saul asks and the voice replied i am jesus the one you are persecuting now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do wait a minute was that verse five sorry that was five and six and the, sorry, sorry. Who are you, Lord? You missed, you missed my favorite, Pete. <laughs> who are you, Lord? So last, and the voice replied, "I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting." That's nine, verse five. <coughs> Do you not have the part that says, "I am Jesus, whom you persecute"? It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. No, it doesn't. You don't have that. Oh. That's the best part of it because that's a colloquialism right there. Yeah, it is. And I like it because Jesus is using a colloquialism that is um, understood by everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly at that time. And it actually refers to the goads. Okay. You kick against the goads. You know what a goad is? Nope. A goad is a sharp pointy stick. Oh. That you poke something to goad it to move. So if you oh. want your cow to move, you goad it. It's like it's like the ancient version of a cattle prod. These days a cattle prod has two two things on the end. It gives them electric shock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when I was a kid and we had animals, we didn't have cattle prods. We'd use a pitchfork. Okay. 
Right, so you poke him, you poke the cow with a pitchfork, and the cow moves. But if the cow decides no, I don't want to move, and starts actually walking backwards, you just stand there and hold the pitchfork. And the harder the cow pushes against you, the more it hurts. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's Paul's experience right here. Uh-huh. The harder you fight against Jesus, the more it hurts. And I've got to tell you right now that anybody who fights against Jesus will have the same experience here. And if your life hurts right now, stop fighting Jesus. Mm. Give your life to Jesus. It will transform your experience. You'll become a new person and you'll find the same freedom and peace that Paul found. Children of the living God Sing, sing out loud Children of the living God Sing to the living God Sing of the wonders He has made Bird in flight, falling rain Sing of the wonders He has made Sing to the living God With great love, He who sits enthroned above For our lives He spilled His blood Set His Spirit like a flood Children of the living God Sing to the living God Sing of His gentle healing hands How He found Man. Sing of His gentle healing hand Sing to the living God Sing of the mercy that He gives Though we sin, He forgives Sing of the mercy that He gives Sing to the living God How He loves us with great love Sits enthroned above For our lives He spilled His blood Set His Spirit like a flood Children of the living God Sing to the living God Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? 
A relationship breakdown, maybe. Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Anna Beaton, a beating heart here on Faith FM, and we have come to question of the day, time of the day, and before we do, we've got Mon Madly 
waving the yes, clue quiz yes. sheet in I'm her I'm going to drop two clues at once because I'm feeling generous right now. Yeah. What number and I, the least number of righteous people that were needed to be found in Sodom to keep God from destroying it and the number of plagues poured out upon Egypt during the time of Moses. Give us a call okay, if you so know the it answer. It is not the seven last plagues. It's not the seven last plagues. It's the plagues of Moses. It's, yes. And, of course, in those plagues there were seven that were poured out just on the Egyptians and there were some that were poured out on kind of everyone. Okay. Question are of on the e- day. Are we, are we on EG TV? We are on Instagram TV right now. Okay. I've never done EG TV before. Yes, you have. You just didn't realise it. Oh, no, you've got to be kidding me. You didn't do that. Okay, we are, we're filming an ETV episode right now. Anyway, the question of the day that has right. come in is a very interesting one. It is. Is it safe to use tarot cards, Lyle? Okay. Tarot cards. Tarot cards. Let's talk about tarot cards. Let's, in fact, let's read what the Bible says, shall we? Mm-hmm. <coughs> and, and this is this is okay. This is one of the, this is one of those passages you have to read from the LKJV because it just it sounds good. When you are come. <coughs> into the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. Now, abomination was a word that Moses was quite fond of using, <coughs> but he goes on. There shall not be found among you anyone that makes his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. In other words, child sacrifice. That's a good thing not to do. Um, or that uses divination or an observer of times or an enchanter or a witch or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. Don't you like that name, that word? Yeah, but none of them mention cards, Lyle. Okay, but cards are in, uh, tarot cards are involved in all of these kind of things here. Oh. So when we talk about divination, you know, telling the future, mm-hmm. um, this is what tarot cards are all about. Tarot cards are all about reading your future. Okay. And here's what I've noticed. <coughs> the devil has no love for his own. Mm-hmm. And these are, you know, tarot cards are something that comes, you know, that, that Satan uses, much like tea leaf reading and it's involved in Wicca and witchcraft. Uh, the Bible says not to get involved in this. This is not because the people who are practicing it aren't bad people. Mm-hmm. You know, many people that I've met that, that you know, um, practice um, the Wicca religion or they're into tarot cards are really good people who have really good hearts. But that does not make it right. Mm-hmm. <coughs> it makes it a very dangerous thing to be involved in. And I've learned over and over and over again, and you will learn this without fail. Just observe for yourself if you don't believe me. The devil has no love for his own, and when you serve the devil, he will destroy you. He will turn your life into a train wreck. Now, there are lots of people in our world today who have, you know, they've been able to get their lives together or their lives are together. You know, I could I could take you back through my life and seriously if you heard my testimony and where I've come from I should not be here today doing this mm. you know my life was headed for a major train wreck I mean I've got left home when I was 15 years old I'm living out in the bush by myself I'm basically homeless you know and then the story goes on and on and on from there I could I could give quite a quite a sob story if I wanted to um, <clears throat> I lived out there for five years yeah, that's a fair stretch of time. Sometimes I meet people like, oh, yes, I, I used to be homeless. How long were you homeless for? Oh, two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Even Doug Batchelor only lived in the cave for like a year and a half. And you lived out there for five years. Five years, that's right. <coughs> and, you know, often when people have a childhood like that, you know, single parent home, all that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, their life is, you know, there is potential for so much train wreck. Mm. And the reason that my life is not a train wreck is because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. 
Amen. What he's done in my life and what he can done, do in your life. You will not meet anyone who gives their life to Jesus Christ and Jesus destroys their life. That person does not exist. You know, there are lots of ways of turning your life into a train wreck, but giving your life to Jesus is not one of them. Now, giving your life over to Satan and going over to the other side and getting involved in the kind of things that the Bible speaks about here, um, that is something that will definitely destroy your life. And you can see it over and over again. Thank you so much for answering the question. Are tarot cards safe to use? If you have a question, you can contact here at Faith FM. Our number is 1-800-324-843. It's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can text us 0491-064-669 anytime, day or night. We love fielding your questions. And uh, Lyle will answer them live on air on Instagram TV. And I think we'll put this on Facebook as well, Lyle. What do you reckon? Yeah, why not? Absolutely. Send us your questions.
You're listening to Matthew Mole with you and your crown here on Faith FM. And my voice is about to give up. <coughs> your voice is going to Bermuda or something. I don't know if you're on holiday. <laughs> we are at our giveaway session. It was Maybe done. I should keep this voice kind of gravelly, you know, like <coughs> do my um, man in black impersonation. I'm not super into it, sorry. <laughs> 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 um, uh, we are at the time of our show where we give something away completely for free. You don't have to wait like you have to wait for the scarf. You don't have to tell us the answer like you do for the quiz. All you have to do is call us now. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. We're giving away this, Lyle. What is it? Oh, that's Kenneth Cox. Four wins of Revelation, of course. Kenneth, Kenneth Cox, very famous Texan Bible expositor. 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 What's that? He uh, teaches the Bible. Ah, okay. Very, very good Bible teacher. Excellent Bible teacher. Um, heading for retirement. Well, well past retirement now. Pioneered, along with an Australian, um, video evangelism. Oh, really? Absolutely. Yeah, that's and cool. just made it global. So a pioneer of video evangelism. Back in the day, if you watch the early Kenneth Cox um, videos, if you can find them, back in the day before radio mics, and he would have a, this big old microphone that was strapped to his chest, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With a cable running out his pants leg. He had to not trip over. And then another cable running out the pants leg that he had to not trip over that went to the 33 slide projectors that ran his evangelistic programs. Oh, my. So this was PowerPoint. This was how PowerPoint was done back in the day. Good on him. So this is a back-in-the-day evangelist right here and incredibly clear... Um, expositor of the Bible and what the Bible says. We we kind of expositate every day on the show. Is that a word? I'm not sure. Anyway, Four Winds of Revelation, the book by Kenneth Cox, an evangelist pioneer. It's a, it's a wonderful book. Uh, call us now. We will send it to you free of charge. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call. Thank you so much for joining us today. We've enjoyed having you along for the ride. We, of course, will be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news. You stay great.
Told me 